eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the live show. I'm your host, Trey Biddy, here to talk to you about this crappy, crappy weekend in Razorback sports. Pete Rulia is going to join us. We're going to talk about it. Just to go over a few things that happened over the weekend, there was the NFL Combine, and we'll get into that stuff, and some other things too, but really we got to talk about just what was a miserable weekend. Uh, Arkansas most recently, or excuse me, Arkansas losing to Oklahoma starting off 6-3 in baseball, then to Texas 8-7, and then finally to Baylor 3-2 uh, at the Shriners Classic, I believe. We'll talk to Pete here in just a second. Then, of course, Arkansas basketball losing on the road 99-89 to and. Not a must win, but a game, a game that they really, really could have used. They were in into the weekend as the bubble team with the most to lose, according to Jerry Palm. Before we get started, I, of course, want to remind everybody there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Throw us a thumbs up if you like our content. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell anytime so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. Also, throw us a thumbs up if you like the content on there. And be sure to share, interact with the video. All that stuff helps the algorithm, helps get our content pushed up to the top, especially on Apple Podcasts. Throw us a five-star review. We want anybody to see Hogsports live whenever they're searching for Arkansas Razorback content and available anywhere you can find uh, your favorite podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the site if you haven't done so already. It's just $1 right now for your first month or 30% off for your first year. Just go to hawgsports.com and click join. There's no promo code or anything, barely anything to lose and uh, sign up for hogsports.com. It's an interesting time to sign up because the recruiting dead period has lifted. Arkansas has got a lot of visitors coming in this week, and then uh, you got spring football just a couple of weeks away. So a lot going on here. I want to go ahead and bring in my man Pete Roulier. Pete uh, covers most of our uh, baseball, basketball, a lot of football stuff, even chips in on recruiting stuff, just kind of a jack-of-all-trades and uh, has done a really good job for us the past year. Pete, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How are Arkansas fans doing? Probably not uh, too hot after this weekend. Probably not. Pete, uh, obviously I'm not the baseball guy. You are, That's your territory. What happened this weekend? Can you can you kind of break down these last three games? Yeah, so you mentioned it falling to Oklahoma 6-3 on Friday, Texas 8-7 on Saturday, then Baylor 3-2 on Sunday. Um, there's not really one thing that you can point the blame to. Um, when I look at the Oklahoma game, uh, on Friday, there was that big sixth inning that was just kind of rattled by defensive errors. So the pitching was there, I thought, from Connor Nolan. He had a great start. Um, just defensive errors kind of unrattled things. Then against Texas, Wicklander came out, and that was a 
a terrible start for the lefty um, who had, you know, high expectations coming in the season. He had a great first two starts, but Texas just had his number that day. Um, then they go up eight runs, kind of hard to come back from that. Ended up, you know, coming come to back eight, seven. And then on Sunday, the offense wasn't there. So that's three different things um, that you could kind of point to like, hey, the, the, there's something going on every single game. And it just kind of shows you when you're playing good competition, the uh, margin of error is not there. I mean, if you're playing Gonzaga and you go down where your starting pitching is not there, then you can, you know, kind of turn things around. The uh, margin of error when you get to Omaha and SEC play, it's going to be a lot a lot less than what you had the leeway you had the first couple of weekends. Um, I don't know. I think the takeaway, though, is that Arkansas has got a target on their back, man. Uh, just watching these games, watching the opposing dugouts every time um, a pitcher had a great inning that they just get so pumped up because they're playing Arkansas, who had, you know, two straight trips to Omaha, expect to go back to Omaha again. I mean, this is what it's like. This is, you're the, I'm not going to say you're the Kentucky of basketball or the Alabama football, but it's kind of what it feels like sometimes because, I mean, you're going to get the best shot from every team. And it was just, it was, it was a rough weekend considering that you go 0 and 3. If you would have came back and beat Baylor on Sunday, you could kind of feel good about some things. Um, but no, man, it was a rough weekend, really rough. Pete Royer with Hogsports.com joining us. So, Pete, do you think this may be just a situation of just being early in the season, first time away from home, something like yeah. that, maybe? Yeah, I think I think the jump up in competition really rattled them a little bit early. Um, just from a pitching perspective and from a, you know, hitting perspective. Um, I think that the team has kind of had this, a lot of people are worried that they've taken the attitude of Casey Martin, who by all accounts, this is one of the weirdest things I've ever experienced. I know he slumped a little bit last season, but a preseason all American. Um, I mean, at one point, I remember last season, he was supposed to be the t- number four overall pick in the yeah, MLB draft. Yeah, some people saying he'd be number one overall even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the best shortstops prospects that, you know, of course Arkansas has ever seen, an Arkansas native. Um, his slumping at the plate, is, but he's just been off with the plate. He's chasing, um, he's chasing fastballs high. He can't lay off the breaking pitches. Uh, strike threes on off-speed pitches have just been like clockwork for the kid. I mean, I think he's absolutely in his head. And, um, I mean, a lot of people are, are, are in of course, on Sunday, the big story this weekend, besides losing three, is that Casey Martin stayed in the dugout. They had to go do something else defensively, which kind of screwed up the whole infield. Um, people are worried that the whole team's kind of adopting this attitude of high expectations, and then um, is, is it going to be too much for this Razorback team? But I, I, think, I think what happened was, yes, they hit the road for the first time. Um, a lot of competition. And like I said, there's not one specific thing that you can point to that was like, hey, the offense needs to get it going or else this team is screwed or um, the pitching needs to get going or, or this team is not going to be able to compete or the bullpen's not deep enough. You can see the talent is there. It was just a matter of playing competition that was gunning for you. I mean, you, you got the best shot from Oklahoma, Texas, and Baylor. Um, and then, you know, just situational things. You, you're going to learn a lot from this weekend. And, and this happens all the time, Trey, in college baseball. Yeah. Um, there's an early weekend collapse. I wouldn't say it was a complete disaster. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't get blown out or shut out in any of these games. It's uh, just one of these things. that's going to be a big learning experience. You got a lot of people, a lot of good experience. Like Caden Monk came in, um, lefty reliever, young guy. He pitched well. There's, there's a lot of positives to take away from it. But uh, you're going to look back at this weekend and say, hey, um, when it comes time for for uh, the regionals, the super regionals, and Omaha, we can't screw around. These teams are going to be gunning for us. 
That's the thing with baseball. I mean, it's it's just the margin for error is so so thin. I mean, you go from mm-hmm. you know dropping a routine foul ball or not yep. or not knowing who's supposed <laughs> to get it to you know winning the national championship to not. I mean, a bad call, you know, a re- yep. uh, uh, an umpire, all those kinds of things can can ruin a weekend for you. And sometimes yes, the difference a- in feeling real good about it is going two and one versus one and two. Yeah, but you know, Dave Van Horn is is an excellent yes. baseball coach, and he's gonna he's gonna have his team ready to go. This ebbs and flows. Absolutely, ebbs and flows. And you know, you have a little break here. You got Southern Illinois uh, coming in, and then Southern Alabama. I think that over the weekend, so you're gonna have time to change things up in the lineup if you want to, um, and to get ready for SEC competition. But um, this is one of those things that he's gonna use as a positive. He's gonna say, "Remember back in um, February where it was." We're down in Houston, and everyone's gunning for us. That's what's that's what's going to be that's going to happen. You mentioned it earlier, like a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just go back to the sixth inning against um, Oklahoma, where you're up a run, and then this Casey Martin error uh, throws it over somebody's head. That's an easy out. You got a new reliever in there, Kevin Copps, who's trying to just get this thing rolling so he can get into the next inning, get the bats going. Just one little error like that, and it leads to another error. It all kind of happens all at once mm-hmm. um, in baseball. And so that's what happened this weekend. You know, it it's definitely hurts. And Arkansas fans, you know how they are. They're, they're overreacting a little bit, like, what are we going to do? Um, the answer is just, just let Dave Van Horn figure this thing out. The pitching staff's going to be okay. Um, the best you have, you still have one of the most potent offenses in the country. Um, it's just going to be a matter of uh, getting past that mental hump, I think. Mm-hmm. Pete Royer joining us with hogsports.com. Pete, I want to talk about another loss right now. Right now, you're losing to Dorian Craft 55%, oh, 45%. Actually, you're beating Dorian Craft for, to advance to the next round of the most annoying sports yep. media person. Uh, so, this, this has come out again this year. Did you make the list last year? I think you did. I but did, you're yeah. still listed okay, as intern, so. Pete. You haven't been an intern in over a year. And so, uh, you're losing, I think, or winning technically for the second year in a row. Golly. Well, the rough weekend for me. Yeah. I'll tell you what. So, my buddy Ty, Ty Richardson's the right. one that sets this up. Mm-hmm. Ty's and a good I feel guy. like he's got a, I feel like he's got a vendetta against me because <laughs> last year he, he paired me up against Tyler Wilson. Yeah, that's a barely, tough one. Former barely, Razorback. He, he didn't even do much radio, did he? Yeah. I know he did a little, thing, a little stuff with Ty, but – I mean, how am I going to compete against Tyler Wilson? Like, and that yeah. was brand new. Like, no one knew about Andrew. Like, I'm not going to vote for Tyler. I love Tyler Wilson. He was a I don't. Great I don't know Mark if it's saw. fair to put Phil Elson in here. I know Phil does radio, but he's mostly known for calling Razorback baseball games, which are mostly wins. He does a great yeah, job. But yeah, there's the a difference. Guy recruiting. Everyone wants to hear good news. Okay, so then Dorian Craft. Everyone loves Dorian Craft. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I've met Dorian. She's such a sweet lady. Like. Come on, man. Like, put me up against somebody like Trey Biddy, who everyone hates, right? <laughs> Danny, like, I mean, come on. It's not fair. Yeah. I, just, I, I feel like I get snubbed in these first rounds, but yeah. if I make it past the second round, then something's wrong. Yeah. So I'm, I feel I'm, like I keep to myself. I'm beating Mike Irwin right now, or Mike Irwin's beating me for most, most annoying, 64 36. But I don't know if that's fair for Mike because, you know, he's kind of got a little bit of an older crowd. You know, like he, he was always Channel 5. He's been in the industry for 40 years. And this was kind of hard even for me to navigate to find out where to go to vote. So I think maybe the older people who are more Mike Irwin fans, 
I may be wrong on that. That's just my yeah, theory, no, but I don't I, know if it's... I, I, I wanted to take the time to go ahead and vote for Mike, but oh, yeah, right. I tried to figure it out too. So I, I know that Mike's crowd is definitely not figuring that out. I just wanted to go in and vote for myself yeah. or vote against myself. That's the only reason I wanted to make one of those little accounts, but that is rough, man. And then another rough loss in basketball, which I'm sure you're going to get to. Yeah, we're going to get into basketball here in a minute, but uh, I, I'll say this, Pete. It's... Uh, that was a tough one for Arkansas. That was that was one they needed to to win. But uh, I know you're going to the basketball press conference here in a little bit mm-hmm. um, with Mason Choate. Who, if you're not following Mason Choate, what's Mason? You know, remember Mason's Twitter account? I forgot it. I, I need to get I need to get Mason on the show. We need to get him some more followers. But Mason Choate has joined the us. Red Rifle. Yeah, the yes, Red Rifle. He, he did a, he did an excellent job covering the uh, Arkansas Texas game. Of course, I was yeah. watching it watching his every move, but he's done a great job. He's really knowledgeable about the game of baseball. He really is. is. For somebody for somebody that is, you know, younger than I am, like our generation, mm-hmm. not not everybody's really knowledgeable about the game of baseball, but um he's one of those guys that you can really follow the game. He knows the ebbs and flows. He knows what's going on. Yeah. I mean he really he's really taken to writing about it really quickly and uh he's gonna be a good one one of these days. Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right, Pete. I think we did it, man. I appreciate you. All yeah. Right. Appreciate you, Pete. Take it easy. All right. That's Pete Royer joining us from HAWGsports.com. Most of Pete's content is free, so we do kind of a mix of different things. We do some free content. We do some VIP stuff. Our VIP stuff is more research, more telling you about what's going to happen, especially our recruiting coverage, that kind of stuff. For our free stuff, you know, maybe more game coverage, things that have already happened, already taken place, press conferences, things that you can see a lot of places. But if you want your free Razorback content delivered to your email inbox every morning, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Go to the middle of the page, enter your email address, hit send or save or something like that uh it literally literally take you as long as it takes you to type in your email and and hit a button and then you'll get a confirmation email in your email and then we'll send you all of our free razorback uh content every morning to your email inbox we usually do that about nine o'clock we figure the way i've broken it down over the past couple years of doing this newsletter it seems like eight o'clock you get into work some of you nine some of you earlier than that uh, you get your, your stuff worked out. You get some things going. Uh, you check your email, and we give you an opportunity to, to, to step out of work for a minute uh, with that newsletter. So, anyway, I want to get into Razorback basketball. We're going to answer your questions, too, in a little bit. I like the new Facebook Live uh, setup where the comments do not roll off anymore. So, we can get to all of your comments now. So, Arkansas, where are we at? Arkansas dropping 99-89. It was a critical game. They had to win. Not They didn't have to win it, but they really, really needed this one. Really needed to win this one uh, in Georgia. And lost 99-89. Obviously, it hurt at the end of the game not having Mason Jones. So, with like a minute 27, something like that left, Mason goes in for a layup. You know, he, I guess he got a cramp. I think that's what happened. But uh, got a cramp in his uh, in his calf. Wasn't able to get up. So Arkansas is down three, I believe, at that point. Uh, Georgia goes to the other end, playing five on four, knocked down a three pointer, and that was pretty much the game when that happened. That was pretty much it. They had it down to a single point with two twelve remaining, but they got down fourteen zero early, and that they just never never came out of that. So. Right now in the bracketology, Arkansas has – so, first of all, Arkansas has LSU on on Wednesday at 6 o'clock, and LSU has punched their ticket pretty much to the NCAA tournament. They're fighting right now to, for one of the top four seeds. So, they have LSU on Wednesday, and then Saturday they go to Texas A&M. Texas A&M just lost the last two home games 
to Kentucky and Alabama, and they get – who do they have next? I think Auburn. They're at Auburn next before they play Arkansas. So that'll be another tough one for them. But Arkansas can't get better than a seven seed as it stands right now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And the way things break down, Jerry Palm had Arkansas as the bubble team with the most to lose going into Georgia. They have to win this. They have to win the LSU game, really, I think. But so here's, here's kind of how I've broken it down, possible scenarios for Arkansas. If Arkansas wins both remaining games and wins at least two in the NCAA, or excuse me, at least two in the SEC tournament, then I think they're a good to decent bet to still make the NCAA tournament. If Arkansas wins both remaining games and gets one in the SEC tournament, I think it's more like 50-50. If Arkansas wins both remaining games and loses the first game of the NCAA tournament, I keep saying that, SEC tournament, SEC tournament, then I think that they have more like a 25% chance. I never think it's a good look to lose that first game in the SEC tournament. I can I, I think all the time of teams that you feel good about going in and they drop that first game and they're out. So if Arkansas splits the remaining two games, I mean a home game against LSU and a road game against Texas A&M are probably about equal in terms of toughness. But if Arkansas splits the remaining two games, they'll probably miss the top ten seeds in the SEC tournament, so they won't get the first round by if that happens, most likely. So they'll need to win four in the SEC tournament. That's tough. They'd have to get all the way to the SEC championship game if they split, in my opinion. So, regardless, they'll need to win four. If they if they lose the remaining two games, then they're probably going to need to win five. So, if they split the remaining two games, let's go back to that. If they split the remaining two games, they'll probably miss the top ten seeds. If they don't, then they'll need to win three in the, in the tournament. If not, they'll need to win four, and that's just to have a chance to still get in. If they lose the next two games, then they obviously need to win five and five. Five games in five days if they lose these next two games. So the LSU one is big. I mean, that would be an actual notable win. Really, you know, talking or talking, listening to Jerry Palm, it's more of, uh, you know, Arkansas really only has that Indiana game to hang their hat on right now. So the LSU game would be a game to hang their hat on uh, if they can get that one. So a big one Saturday. Pack the bud without question. A real big game. Will they factor in Isaiah Joe missing those games? He's averaging 23 points a game since he's been back. But will they factor that in? I would say don't leave it in the hands of the committee if you're talking about a team that's being discussed as a 10, 11, 12 seed. Right now, let's see, Jerry Palm 
had Arkansas as a play-in team as an 11 seed before the weekend, but now he has them among the first four out. Kim Pomeroy at KimPom.com, they've moved Arkansas from 43rd back to 47th, which basically wipes out any progress they'd made before with beating Tennessee last Wednesday. The net rankings has moved Arkansas from 40th to 47th. They were 48th prior to beating Tennessee. So they went from 48th to 40th and now back to 47th in the net rankings. The 2020 bracket matrix has not yet been – it's been updated, but they haven't updated all the brackets. So Arkansas is still listed in 26 of the brackets. That's going to change. So that's where things are. Arkansas currently tied with Missouri right now for 10th place and an all-important 10th seed in the SEC tournament. We talked about the most annoying media members bracket. They brought that out last year. I can't even remember who won it, but anyway, it's kind of funny. Kind of funny thing to be a part of. Let's see. What else we got? NFL Combine. So, here's how things shaked out, shook out at the NFL Combine. Let's start with Cameron Curl, who went Sunday, because I don't think we've talked about him at all. But Cameron Curl, I mean, he, he did some other. He checked in at 6'1 and a quarter, 206 pounds. He had – he tied for the best bench press, press mark amongst all defensive backs with 24 reps in the 225 bench. That's pretty solid. Pretty solid. So he wrapped up his stuff on Sunday. Of the 20 safeties that participated in the 40-yard dash, Curl came in tied for 12th with a 4.6040. It's a pretty good time for him. I think a lot of people thought he might run a little bit slower. So he's right in the middle of the pack of safeties with a 4.60 and the top among safeties in the bench press. The fastest time was run by Legereus Sneed with a 4.37. That's smoking for a safety. Curl was 13th out of 20 in the vertical at 34 and a half inches. The best performer there was Kyle Duggar of Lenore Ryan with 42 inches. 19 safeties participated in the standing broad jump with Curl coming in seventh with a 125-inch leap. The best jump was by Jeremy Chin of Southern Illinois with a leap of 138 inches. And then Curl didn't participate in the three-cone or the shuttle, which neither did most of the safeties for some reason. C.J. O'Grady was 6'3", and uh, I have six eighth inches, but that's – I could just say three-quarters, couldn't I? 253 pounds. That's how they listed at the NFL Combine. So, 6'3", and three-quarters, 253 pounds, had huge hands, 10 and an eighth inches, 33 and five-eighth inch arm, 79 and eighth inch wingspan, so that's pretty impressive. The 17 tight ends participated in the 40. He ran the 14th fastest time, so not a great time at 4.81, although he was only a tenth of a second slower than the 10th fastest time. The best time was 4.49 by Albert Okwagabugum, the, the Missouri tight end, who's, who's so good. Of the 13 tight ends who participated in the bench, <clears throat> he was tied for 11th with 16 reps, so not a great 40, not a great bench. Vertical was 34 inches, which was ninth out of 15. 15 tight ends in the standing broad jump, and he had 125 inches, which was sixth. No, excuse me, 119 inches, which was sixth. The best was 125 inches. 7-3 time in the three-cone drill. What did that rank? Ninth out of 13. 
And the best time in the 20-yard shuttle belonged to Dalton Keene at 419, and O'Grady was fifth of the 13 contestants of the 4-3-4. So he did okay in the, in the shuttle. But the thing with CJ is he does things on the field that some of these other tight ends just can't do. He's a great receiver, finishes after the catch. The thing with CJ is his off-field attitude issues are going to cost him a lot of money. A lot of money, unfortunately. He's probably top three rounds talent, even though his numbers aren't exceptional. And who knows what those numbers would have been if he'd have finished out with the team and everything. I mean, that could have played a factor. Dijon Harris was 5'11 and 5'8, 234 pounds, ran a 4'69, not an awful time, 18 out of 31 linebackers. CJ was pretty much middle of the pack just about all the way down, except for the jumping events. He didn't do very well in those. 18 reps in the 225 bench, which is 14 out of 27 linebackers. Middle of the pack in the vertical with a 33-inch. I guess he was middle of the pack. Placing him tied for 16th out of 31. His worst event was a standing broad jump where he was 31st out of 31st. 31st out of 31 linebackers with 111 inches. So, also tied for last place in the three-cone drill with a 7.38. McTelvin Aguim. McTelvin had a pretty good... Day. 6'2 and 5 eighths inches, 309 pounds. Uh, he was 10th out of 38 uh, defensive linemen with 27 reps in the 225-pound bench press. He ran a 4.98 in the 40-yard dash, which was pretty solid for a 300-pounder. He didn't participate in a lot of the other stuff, not the vertical, the broad, the three-cone, or the shuttle. So, that's Arkansas's NFL Combine. Right now, I mean, most of these guys are late-round undrafted free agents is how it's going to play out for them. So, when I say they did well or they did good, I mean, they did good for, for them based on their projection. You know, it's not like any of them came in, you know, projected first, second round or anything like that. So, that's pretty much everything out of the weekend. We covered baseball. We covered basketball projected basketball, and covered the NFL Combine. Of course, Arkansas has got a big visit weekend coming up on the 7th. But before that, starting today, I believe, I believe it's today, they've got Caden Salter coming in, the four-star quarterback out of Texas, the number one ranked quarterback recruit in Texas out of Cedarville. He visited Ole Miss on Sunday and will be with the Hogs throughout today. So that's a big one coming in. That's their – seems to be the quarterback that they really, really want. And then Danny has a long list of other players that are projected to come in on March 7th. Not a huge list, but a good list uh, of players for what's going to be their second junior day. They had their first one on the last visit weekend in, at the end of January. No, the start of February, I guess that would have been. So that's when they had their first one. And now with the new recruiting calendar, you've got this full month-long dead period in February, which the coaches, I think, like a lot because, I mean, they're always going. But what we did see, as Danny West mentioned, you saw a lot of offers going out because they're still playing catch-up a little bit with 2021. So they were still very active uh, in February in terms of extending offers trying to get things lined up for these junior days. They've got one on March 7th. Of course, spring football starts March 16th. So that's right around the corner. So you've got a week of spring football. I believe they're going Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So three practices. Then they'll take spring break. And then they'll go Tuesday, Wednesday, excuse me, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, 
the rest of the way, all the way up to the red-white game, which I believe, let me get my calendar, is April 25th, April 25th, and that'll be in Fayetteville. Arkansas got denied their waiver request to have the game played in Little Rock, so that will be in Fayetteville. From a recruiting standpoint, really good news. It's really good news. Even if you wanted the game there, I mean, to be frank, it's great to have the exposure in Little Rock, I think, and, you know, help tie the state together. But if we're really talking about what's best for Arkansas, what's the best thing for the actual program, if a fan is willing to give their support no matter if they play in Little Rock or Fayetteville or not, the best thing is probably to play games in Fayetteville. You just got to start getting some seats, some butts in the seats. I mean, the way that – somebody was saying the other day is like, you know, if you ever play an overtime game, they're always going to pick the north end zone because the sound escapes. But to be fair, they've never filled – they have never filled that stadium since they expanded it. It is not – there's no pictures of the stadium full that people are going to want to hang on their wall because they've never filled the stadium, never one time. I think that's going to change. I think Arkansas is going to get back on the right path. It might take some time. Be interesting to see how this season plays out with such a tough schedule, such a beautiful schedule, but it's tough, a tough, tough schedule. Okay, everybody, I want to get into your questions now. We've gone how long? Almost 30 minutes here. Kyle Neal Brewer says, rough week. Yes, it was. That was, I mean, four Razorback losses in a weekend. That's that's about as rough as you're going to get. Dara Malden says, did, we did win men and women's track and field championships. Exactly. The indoors. Thank you, Dara. They did win track. Two SEC championships. That's good. Adam Green says, at least Ladybacks can find a way to win. Yes, the Ladybacks have done well. I still think the basketball team, I mean, let's be honest with the way the game ended Saturday. They they dug themselves a hole early. I mean, really, they kind of outplayed them after that. But, uh, you know, not having Mason Jones in the closing moments, I mean, that's tough. You're not going to win a lot of games with him laying down, injured in the last minute and a half. Luther Shadle says, says, when the Razorbacks play out of conference – away game. I can't watch it because OS, the blocking other conference, but I'm not sure what you're saying. Luther Shade says, we pick Suey. Chase Hogan Jones says, rough week made even worse by fans. There's a way to be constructive, but these people tweeting players are just sad. Yeah, don't tweet players. Don't tweet players. I mean, those guys bust their butts. I mean, I see stuff all the time like players should do this or players should do that. I mean, those guys really work hard. I mean, to be a student athlete, I mean, I know it looks like all this glory and stuff, but every mistake you make is put on a huge stage. People expect so much for you. These guys are – I mean, you can call them kids or say they're young men or what, but they're they're young. And, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to be a student athlete. And in baseball, sometimes you just lose. Even the best teams lose. Jared Eubanks says, we are a track school. Steve Welton says it'll get better. Arkansas is still a football school, believe it or not. 
they're still a football school. I can I can tell that by content, by traffic on the site, how much more activity football gets versus basketball, which still gets a lot, and baseball especially. Baseball especially. I mean, football and basketball coverage kill baseball. As good as baseball is. Now, when you start getting to, you know, championship, super regionals, things like that, that changes a little bit. And I do think that there is a component that people enjoy watching the baseball games more than they enjoy reading about baseball games. And that's consistent throughout college baseball. At Arkansas, at other programs that are doing really well, at other media outlets. Dwayne Wilson says, go Razorbacks. Perry Cooper says, okay, hog baseball and basketball players, no more beer breaks. Thomas Nunley says, we've picked Suey for life. We are overall on a heck of an upswing. Keep the faith. Dara Malden says, and Ladybacks won 10 SEC games, only second time they have ever done that. Norman Hunt says, blah, 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 you guys are so negative. No baseball team wins every game or every series for that matter. Norman, we're just stating the obvious. They, they lost. <laughs> they lost every game. We got to talk about the baseball games. So negative. Jared Eubank says, I'm just ready for spring ball. Spring ball ought to be entertaining. Hopefully, hopefully we get some access. I've said before, you know, if we get access, then we really separate ourselves. Do you think Mason Jones will be back next year, says Todd Willis? I think so. Here's the deal with Mason. Does he have anything to gain by coming back. Is he going to be better next year than this year? Is he going to put together a better season? I mean, they've got so much more help coming, especially if Isaiah Joe returns, which I think he will. I mean, really the thing that Mason – and it's not like I don't – most people aren't projecting him to be uh, an NBA draft pick, but there's still other ways to make money professionally. You can make money overseas. There's all kinds of other things you can do. Prove yourself in the G League, get called up, all that kind of stuff. So most people are saying that he's not going to be drafted. But does that mean he should return? Because he's not going to improve his stock, I wouldn't think, unless being on a better team helps improve his stock. Because you you are going to have some help next year. I mean, I would be surprised if Mason averaged 20 points a game next year when you consider, you know, the four four-star recruits that are coming in. Um, you know, plus uh, J.D. Note coming in, uh, Connor Nolan coming in from the Sit One crew. I mean, you're going to be a better team personnel-wise next year. So do you benefit by returning to Arkansas, continuing to build yourself with legendary status? Because he's on the verge of that. I mean, as I was mentioning last week, my buddy's kid, his little boy, walks around the house constantly saying, Mason Jones. So there's something to be said for building yourself into legendary status in the state of Arkansas. And he's doing that. And he would continue to do that if he came back next year versus playing overseas and making money, getting paid for it. That's a big deal. Donnie Buss says, if we don't make a run in the tournament, NIT, here comes the Razorbacks. Yep. Jared Eubank says, it's a possibility. Not sure what you're talking about, Jared. Cody Tober says, I'm sure you've covered this at some point, but what are the odds Joe or Jones say another year? Yeah, we just talked about that. With Joe, I think he's likely to come back. I could see him doing it. I mean, anytime, usually anytime a player is talked about going pro, then they usually go pro. Not always. It's 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 not happened a couple of times here lately. Daniel Gafford returned at Arkansas when he was being talked about going pro after freshman year. Uh, but usually they end up going pro. I think Joe could benefit by coming back another year, adding to his game. 
Jason Martinez says NIT. Ross Davidson said, what are our chances of beating LSU on Wednesday? 50-50 shot. They have a 50-50 shot at beating a really good team at home in LSU. And I say really good team. They're a good team to really good. But they got a 50-50 shot. They lost to them 79-77 on the road. I think that's right. In the second game of SEC play this year, January 8th. So they played them well early. But that's when Arkansas was really playing well. I mean, they'd only lost one game at that point. Next year, national championship run, says Justin Williams. T.J. Moore says, I think Joe should return. I think Jones Jones goes pro. I don't think there's any way his stock can get any higher. I think that's that's the point I was making. You made it 13 minutes ago. John Mark Jensen says both track teams win championships, Lady Hog basketball and softball wins. Yep. I mean, for the minor sports, yes. The thing that stinks about it, I mean, it doesn't – there's nothing – it's hard to say it stinks, but, you know, those sports don't draw a lot of national publicity. You're not going to go many places and see that any of those sports, you know, are doing anything too significant. They don't sustain the university from a financial standpoint. So most media athletes, the way they're going to look at it is they're not going to sustain us either then, and they don't cover it. But it is good. I mean, obviously, it could, you know, it is good to be winning, especially lady, you know, uh, it's not lady backs anymore, but, uh, Women's basketball, I think, uh, you know, that does get some coverage. So, it's good. Yanchi Long says, Arkansas by five against LSU. Donnie Butt says, do you think we can surprise some teams in football? Because I do. I think they'll surprise somebody. That's something that Chad Morris never did. He never surprised anybody except for Arkansas fans with how bad they were. That was it. But somebody's getting surprised this year. It's been too long. So, yes, is the answer. I think Arkansas' ceiling right now, without having seen them in the spring, without knowing a little bit more about everybody else, you know, just on my rough estimate, I think five wins is a ceiling for them next year. We'll see if we change that. A lot's going to depend on a guy like Felipe Franks. Is the red-white game for football free to go to? Yes, I believe it has always been free. They're going to want to break the record. The record was 44,000. I think that might have been in Bielema's second year, maybe his first year, but I think it was his second year at Arkansas. So that's the record, 44,000. That requires great weather and a lot of good publicity. Steve Bricky says, what's your take on benching Case and Martin and overall state of the baseball? I think Pete pretty much covered all that stuff, but I think the the big deal with, with Casey is, you know, just chasing a lot of stuff. Pete thinks it's in his head. James Fincher says, only way is going upward, but it takes time. Bill Beebe says, I think the football team going to surprise everyone. I hope so. Sure am tired of covering a crappy football team, I can tell you that. Uh, Lloyd Bo Gill says, tough weekend. Thankful for track and field, women's basketball, but everybody keep your head up. Baseball team is going to be just fine. Future for the basketball team looks great, and I think Sam Pittman will get this football team competitive real soon. It's a good point, Lloyd Bo Gill. I mean, the baseball team, it is really difficult to complain about baseball too much. I mean, yes, they lost three games, but – were they, were they just killed in any of these? I mean, I know they got off to some bad starts, but they lost to Texas 8-7. They lost to Baylor 3-2. And then in the first game, they lost 6-3 to Oklahoma. So 6-3, 8-7, and 3-2. Now, these are all good teams, aren't they? Baylor's 7-3. and What's Texas? 10-1. and 
Oklahoma, eight and two. So it's not like chopped liver. I mean, these are Big 12 teams in Houston, first time away from home. And like we were saying a minute ago, I mean, sometimes the difference in baseball about feeling good about a team is going two and one or going one and two. That can be the difference. Basketball is definitely on the way up. I think most Razorback fans see that. I think that's one reason the support has been so good, even in the wake of this, you know, stretch where they've lost, what have they lost, five, six, six of the last eight games they've lost. Um, Even in the wake of that stretch, I think people see, okay, let's get behind these guys, support them. Things are headed in the right direction. Really like what they've seen with Muss. Understand that there are some limitations on this roster, especially in the height department uh, and the depth of the bench. All of those things are problems for the base or the basketball team. But I think when you look at them, you see moving forward that hopefully for Arkansas, they're going to return most everybody. Won't return Adrio Bailey, but um, you would hope that they return Jones and Joe and everybody else on the roster in addition to getting some of these sit-one guys eligible. So, And then football. Football wasn't going anywhere. This team had completely quit on the head coach and defensive coordinator. So they weren't going anywhere. So they needed a change. They had to have a change. I personally like Sam Pittman. Obviously, like everybody, wanted to see a big splash hire. It became eventually apparent that Arkansas wasn't going to do that. Okay? It became apparent that Arkansas wasn't going to do that. And when you th- when you took out everything, I mean, Lane Kiffin was like the last hope, I guess, for a signing or a, uh, a press conference, winning press conference type of thing. But Sam Pittman is a guy that makes a lot of sense. You follow the model of Ed Orgeron and Dabo Sweeney, um, you know, guys that were position coaches that were elevated into their jobs that they have. Pittman was at another school, but he was at Arkansas previously. So I think they could have done a lot worse than Sam Pittman. Timothy David Long says, you going to South Bend this year? Yes, I'm going to go to South Bend. This is probably the only opportunity that I will ever have to go to South Bend, I would think. So uh, definitely going to make that trip this year. Probably make it an extra long trip, maybe go down on a on a Thursday, maybe even a Wednesday. But haven't ever been there before, so definitely going to go. Steve Bricky says, and I've been to I've been to every SEC stadium now, except for the new Kyle Field. I've been to the old Kyle Field, but I haven't been to it since they've I've done all the renovations and stuff, but I've been to every football stadium in the SEC, so now it's time to start knocking off some other big venues like South Bend. Let's see, Notre Dame Stadium. Is it Notre Dame Stadium? Steve Bricky says, let's get a prediction on football wins and losses this year. I said the ceiling's five, but, again, I think that's early. I'll definitely be making more predictions. I'm not the kind of guy that shies away from making predictions, but I will say I've been all over the place the last several years. I mean, there was a time before 2000 and – what was Bielema's last year, 17? So before 2017, I was always, always within a game of predicting it. I mean, pretty much every year, maybe one here and there or something. But um, it's just been – when they're bad, I mean, I guess you want to stay positive, but man – I mean, even in Chad Morris's first year, I predicted them to win five games, which I think everybody, most everybody was predicting them to win, to go to a bowl game that year. And then last year, I think I predicted them to make to win six. I can't remember if it was five or six, but I think I predicted them to win six last year. Way off. Steve Bricky says, let's get a prediction for football. I just read that. Jared Eubank says, I got the Hogs pulling an upset in South Bend. That would be, like I said last week, if they did that, I might I might cry. 
I might cry. Steve Bricky says, I like your thinking, Jared, but maybe wishful thinking, LOL, on the referring to the Notre Dame game. And Michael Kepsey says, Arkansas will compete against Notre Dame. If Arkansas beats Notre Dame, that would be huge just for confidence alone. Let's think about this, guys. And we can call Arkansas – you know, a, two, a team that's won two games the last couple of years. But last year, they almost beat Texas A&M in Arlington. They almost beat Kentucky on the road. They played okay against Ole Miss. I mean, they had a bad first half and a good second half. To go from that to dropping a game against San Jose State, to trying to bounce back against Kentucky, to just completely and utterly letting go of the rope and quitting. That's what happened. This team is not indicative of a two-win program, the talent on the roster last year. That's not a two-win program. Now, they can be bad four games, five, four even. I would accept four. But to win two games, no, I'm not buying that the talent is that bad on this roster. I'm just not. So anxious to see what happens with the addition of Felipe Franks, Rakeem Boyd coming back. I think they'll be improved on the offensive line. You still got your talent coming back at wide receiver for my, you know your all three starters. Uh, you lose CJ, but you lost him also at the end of the year. But you know Hudson Henry's a young guy who has a lot of talent. You do worry about the depth at tight end and Traylon Smith. Maybe at running back is a guy that can come in and step up for you. There's been some positive talk about him, obviously, uh, as he sat out last year. So that's the situation on offense. And then defense, you've added some key pieces in the transfer market and got some good guys coming back. Those young defensive ends, primarily. Who knows what will happen at linebacker? Obviously, losing Scooter Harris is a big blow. Secondary pretty much returns, except for Cameron Curl. And I think you got some promising young players that they have recruited. As I've said before with Chad Morris' staff, they did a really good job recruiting particularly certain coaches. I mean, not everybody. Not everybody did a good job on that staff recruiting. But, you know, a guy like Jeff Trailer more than carried his uh, his weight. And one reason he got the, the UT San Antonio job. Justin Stepp, who was retained, obviously. You know, Barry Lunny did a good job. Mark Smith did pretty good. Um, Joe Craddock. But, I mean, I'm thinking that might have been just about it. Might have been it. So... The thing that, you know, I was talking with Danny about with this current staff is everybody recruits. You know, he would always talk about a good way to see where where the coaches are heading is, you know, who they're following on Twitter. And with the old staff, it would be like the guys that I mentioned and nobody else following recruits or anything. Heck, John Chavis wouldn't even know anybody's name. <laughs> but with this staff, he says he has to follow all of them and, and keep up with who they're following recruit because every single one of them do it, which is positive. So – Losing a guy like Jeff Trailer, obviously, I think is 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 going to hurt you. Lost him for a head coaching job because he is so tied in in Texas and has such great connections. But balancing that out with having everybody recruiting is probably going to be a more benefit. So we'll see how things shake out. Obviously, got some really good recruiters on this staff. Want to remind everybody: there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Facebook Live. Be sure to follow right now. Go ahead and hit the follow button on the page if you haven't done so already. That way, all of our free content comes. We only upload free stuff on Facebook, so all of our free content will come across your screen if you follow the page right now and throw us a thumbs up right now if you haven't done so already and you like the content. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel. Hit the thumbs up button. Interact with the video. Share the video. 
Uh, but be sure to subscribe and hit the notifications bell on YouTube so you're notified anytime we upload a new video on there. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us a five-star review if you like the content. Say something nice about it. And available anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. And... One dollar right now for your first month at hogsports.com. That's three cents a day for the promo period. So go to hawgsports.com, sign up right now for one dollar, or take the 30% off deal uh, for the annual subscription and get a seven day free trial also. So almost nothing to lose there at hawgsports.com. Really good time to sign up right now because of all the stuff going on. And here's another deal so say you sign up for a dollar your first month. Okay, you're off the promo and you're, you decide you want to keep the site. When that when you're off the promo, you're eligible for another promotion. This is the loyalty perk. It's CBS All Access for free. So CBS All Access for free uh, when you for anybody that's not on any other promotion. That's a $99 annual value. And you get it as long as you're subscribed to Hog Sports. So if you're subscribed for seven years, that's $993 worth of CBS All Access you've got. Pretty good deal. Is that right? It's ninety nine ninety nine. I don't know. It might be ninety nine dollars even. I can't remember. Still, all right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Sorry we didn't have much positive to talk about. We did a little bit of projection though, but uh, not a whole lot positive to talk about. We'll be back on the show Thursday following Arkansas's game against Wednesday. Hopefully, it'll be a lot more positive. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.